Good morning, friends, and very Merry Christmas to you all. Uh, my name's Michael, if I've not met you before. It might be your first time here. It's my first Christmas here with you. And uh, it's uh, been a great joy to be with you and to meet so many people. Thank you very much for making me feel welcome. But we're here today to look, do something very different to that, aren't we? We're here today to hear God's word. So let us have, pay attention to what that passage that was read for us. And you might find that uh, you'll find I've got some notes that you can follow along. Perhaps, I always find it helpful having something to write on because my memory, hmm, you know my age at the moment, you can tell, uh, it needs reminding. And uh, your, your memory might be better than mine, but uh, mine disappears very quickly. But when, you, when things are important, you need to remember them. Uh, names have meanings, and uh, your name has a meaning. Your parents might have spent a long time thinking through what name to give you. Uh, Alice, the name of Alison in Alison's family, the eldest male carries the name Lobin somewhere in his name. And that was to make family trees and things helpful uh, to be able to track that down through easily. I'm told my no uh, Michael means uh, who is like God. I think there's a question. <laughs> uh, Sarah means princess. Uh, do you know what your name means? Often we might choose a name not because of its meaning or the sound of it or because it sounds is unusual but some other reason. Sometimes you might choose a particular name because it has a particular meaning for us. In this passage, the angel tells, um, uh, tells us that the name Jesus means God will save, uh, Jesus saves. This baby is to have this name because the angel says he will save his people from their sins. Jesus' mission is defined by his name, to save his people from their sins. God himself gave Jesus this name. He has been born to save his people from their sins. Every time his mum or dad calls him, they hear, God saves, God saves. Every time he hears his name, the shadow of the cross is not far behind. He is a verbal reminder of his God-given role to save his people from their sins. In the passage we read, it highlights then the birth of the Saviour. Four significant features stand out that draw our attention to Jesus' credentials to accomplish this mission. First, in verses 18 to 19, his birth was a unique pregnancy. Joseph and Mary were betrothed or pledged to be married. It's a stronger agreement than our engagement and required a formal divorce to separate. But they were not married. Betrothed couples did not ha have sexual intercourse together until they were, ma until, they were um, until they were married. It became obvious to Joseph that Mary, though, was pregnant, although they were not married. And Joseph knew he was not the father. He must have been awfully confused. He thought he knew Mary, but now this has happened. I wonder how he slept those nights the weight of the situation. He loved her, but she's pregnant. He knew he had to divorce her. He'd do it quietly though, because he's a righteous man. Verses 20 to 21 tell us that that night as he, after he resolved to do that, he slept and the angel's message came to him. You might remember, where would the angel's message come from? Well, if it's come from the angel, the angel is a messenger. Whose messenger? Well, God's messenger. So as the angel addresses Joseph, 
the angel is bringing God's message to Joseph. So that whatever is happening at this moment is important enough that God wants Joseph to know this is what God wants. The angel's message came to him. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what's conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. The angel spoke only after Joseph had resolved about what he was going to do. He's described as a righteous man. Uh, he, so he decides he wants to do what is right. He wants to live God's way. The angel's message ensures the stability of the family life that he will be the father and mother and Mary will be the mother. That we want uh, Jesus is born into a stable relationship of family life and security. Notice too that the name by which the angel addresses him, Joseph, son of David, Referring to that title, Son of David, the angel points the, spot, uh, the, uh, the spotlight right on God's promise to King David some thousand years earlier that one of his descendants would sit on uh, Israel's throne forever. You get the message that something big is about to happen. It's taken a thousand years to fulfill this promise. Something big is going to happen. Very unusual circumstances. And in verse 20, the angel explains to Joseph that Mary's baby has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. The conception of Jesus was no ordinary conception. Matthew makes it very clear that Joseph didn't, uh, did not know his wife, did not have sexual intercourse with her. Indeed, Matthew tells us in verse 24, Joseph and Mary did not have sexual relations till after Jesus had been born. Not because sex was wrong, but rather because Joseph was told by the angel that this baby was conceived by the Holy Spirit and Joseph didn't want to do anything that might interfere with that happening. He did not want to place any doubt on that matter. Further, since the Holy Spirit caused Mary to conceive, it means that Mary's child has been brought into being by the divine activity of God himself. The baby is human, yes, he's been born of Mary, but her baby is also divine having already been uh, existing ever since creation happened, even before. Jesus then bears two natures. He bears our human nature, born like you and I, but he indeed bears the nature of God. He is like God. Remember in Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, we're told that God made man in his image. It's conceivable then for God to become man. Jesus is both God and man, 100% both. Then in verses 22 to 23, Matthew makes it clear that these events are not accidents, but each one of them has only happened after in order to fulfill scripture. Look down there and he writes in verse 22, all this took place, Matthew writes, to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will give, call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Who? God with us. In this child we have God with us. God dwelling among us. God has come to us, come to rescue, come to save. God fulfilling his promises. And this is what the universe was created for. It was created for Jesus. And he has come fulfilling the promises that God has made. It shows us then that in order to be saved from our sins, God himself is going to have to rescue us. We are like, if you like, perhaps a sinner, caught, uh, uh, a swimmer, 
caught in a rip and being pulled further and further out to sea. And we are powerless really to swim our way out of that rip. We need help from outside. We need a lifesaver to come and rescue us. And Jesus has come into our world, into our situation, to rescue us and to bring us back to God. God with us, Emmanuel. And God has come to be with us for a very special mission. Jesus was born to save his people. And verse 21 shows us that to make clear the special purpose of God becoming man, Mary's baby was given a very particular name, Jesus. His name means... God saves. Joseph is instructed by the angel to choose uh, to give her child this particular name. It shows that this name has great significance. It's a reminder of Jesus' purpose in being born as man, his purpose of taking on our human nature. He's had a particular name, Jesus, because we see in verse 21 that he was born to accomplish a particular purpose, to save his people from their sins. Ever since Adam and Eve disobeyed God, death has entered the world, a death in so many ways. Our self-centred nature has brought conflict and hostility and enmity between one another in our own family units, in our society, in our world. We see death in our families as relationships are torn apart, We see death in our society, which is so lost in knowing right from wrong, thinking something's only wrong if you get caught. We see death in our world being brought about by the hostility of nation to nation, our refusal to care and love for each other and provide. Uh, We see it as we see false religions like Hinduism and Islam imposing cruel and godless structures and attitudes on their society and the people who live in them. We need rescue from this way of living. Indeed, we ourselves need saving, saving from our selfish natures that ruin lives and abuse others. Some are prepared to leave their husband or wife and family so that they can start a new life that they dream of, indulging their own pleasures and desires. Some cultivate drug dependence, or which captures them and, in their, fa- and their family is caught in tight grip of despair. People are in the grip of slavery, slavery to living for self, to put self first. And in this situation, we desperately need saving. We need someone to come and rescue us from outside because we are powerless to save ourselves. And when you step back and look at your own life, we see that we have caused more than enough hurt and pain to those amongst us than we realise that we ourselves need saving. When you look at deeper in ourselves, consider our thoughts, our wickedness, our evil desires. You've got to say we truly need saving. Jesus has come to save us from our sins. He's come to save you from your sins. Jesus came to rescue us. He came to bring life, life in all its fullness. Jesus had a particular name to fulfil a particular purpose. And in verse 23 we see that he had to be a particular identity to achieve that purpose. Emmanuel, God with us. The history of mankind shows us one thing. We do not learn from our mistakes. World War I was meant to be the, world to end, uh, the war that ended all wars, if only. We won't deal with our, the global problems we have of things like malnutrition or global warming. And if we can't do those fairly simple things, How on earth are we going to change hearts to desire something which God desires? 
we are not going to be able to save ourselves. If we're going to be saved, it will only come from someone acting outside us. I uh, like, uh, when something breaks at home, I like trying to take it apart and repair it. Uh, the only problem is the repair side of it doesn't go quite as well. <laughs> and I've got numerous broken bits and pieces around the place trying to, that don't fit together. When, and uh, then I decide, ah, okay, I've either got to buy a new thing or take this back to the repair guy and get it done properly. God himself steps into our world and he comes living amongst us as one of us. He would not just show us how to live, we need more than that. He came to rescue us. He came to, if you like, repair us. And Jesus said he came to give his life, to redeem his people. He came to die that we might have life, real life. And he came to take the burden of our sin, our guilt, our wrong, and to pay the penalty that we deserve to die in our place for our sins. Jesus came to save his people from their sins. And on the cross he bore the full anger of God for your sin and mine. Our sin has been atoned for. The debt and guilt have been paid for. We can be forgiven. We can live a new life with Jesus as our ruler. Christmas then is all about Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. What we've seen today is this great plan of living is the, loving, the initiative of our loving God. Over several thousand years, it shows us that God has planned, announced and fulfilled his desire to rescue his people. Each step has come from God's loving desire to rescue. It's not that he took a long time. He needed to take a long time. He could have done it immediately. But he took a long time to do it to let us see all the different steps that were involved in him coming to rescue his people. And when you realise the full extent that God went to in order to rescue us, you realise perhaps the enormity of the problem that he had come to deal with. Some things, things seem very simple. Uh, when you get on your phone, you want to ring someone in another part of the world, then WhatsApp lets you get there, doesn't it, pretty easily. You press a few buttons and bang, you're there. Uh, on the other hand, when you think through what was involved in get that transmission that you just, just made, the technology that's involved there, the expertise, the, uh, in, the implementation of all sorts of technology there, then... It's so incredible that you've got the, the capacity and ability to talk to someone around the world. Before we, our daughter's in England at the present time, as we were driving up here, she gave us a call on the phone, and so Ali was talking to her on the phone as we're driving up here. It's this incredible the technology we have today. Uh, the, uh, well, when you grasp the, the uh, rescue that God has granted to us, and when you grasp that the rescuer has been the motive for God to take on our human nature and to be born among us and to live with us in order to die for us and to pay the penalty that we deserve, you realise then that to be saved from our sins is a much deeper and more significant thing than we had for, uh, at first thought. Who needs to be saved? You need to be saved. I need to be saved. Our society needs to be saved. Our world needs to be saved. And today is Christmas, and I want to ask you, have you been saved? You need to be saved, but have you been saved? If you have been saved, then see afresh the enormous need of our community and our world to hear of the Lord Jesus Christ, who alone is able to save people. Only he is able to. If you've not yet been saved, then I want to say to you, 
you need to ask the question, how can I be saved? And the answer is as simple as A and B and C. You need to firstly, A, I need to accept that I am a sinner, that I need to be saved, that I cannot do it myself. I need someone to come and do it for me. B, I need to believe that Jesus is the only one who can save me. He is Emmanuel, God with us. I need to recognise his claim on our life. And so C, I need to commit myself with living with Jesus as my God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. So here I need to recognise then he is the one I need to serve with my life and give my life to him. This is a call then to a deep heartfelt repentance and turning to him. You need to speak to him to do something like all of that. You need to say to him something like these words. Dear God, I admit that I am guilty before you and that I deserve death and eternal punishment for my sin. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus to save me from my sins. Father, please help me to live with Jesus as my God. I will need so much help, so please change my heart and my desire that I long to live for him and not for myself. Amen. This Christmas, God's gift to you is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Why would God become man? Today, God has told us. Jesus was born to save his people from, his, from their sins. Thanks be to God for his great gift to us in the Lord Jesus Christ.